Hey everyone, welcome back to the Casket Minds podcast for episode five. Can't believe we've already made it to five episodes. Casket Minds is your weekly destination for all things gaming, including the latest game industry news, in-depth reviews, impressions, and much more. As always, I am your host, Mitch, alongside Drewby, Drewby, Drew. How are we doing, Drewby? We're doing pretty great, dude. E3 season yes. is sadly over for the most part. Um... We do have Annapurna coming up soon, but uh, the big showcases are out of the way, but I'm still riding that high from all the awesome stuff that we saw that we're about to get into later. Yes, so E3 season is practically over now for us, uh, minus that last showcase that Drew just mentioned, which is on the 29th of June. Uh, it's two weeks, oh, look on, a day under two weeks now. Um. But yeah, now that that's over, Drew, we have everything to look forward to. And that's what we're going to be covering on the podcast today is the Xbox Showcase plus Starfield Direct. So we're going to break down everything that you saw there, uh, both at Xbox and the Starfield. And we're going to give you some swift little Ubisoft forward impressions. Uh, there wasn't a ton there to break down, but the highlights and the big games that were there we're definitely going to be covering those. So thank you guys for uh, tuning back in to the Casting Minds podcast. And here we go. So, Drewby, what did you think about the Xbox Showcase? So, I tempered my expectations a lot with PlayStation and uh, Summer Game Fest. And I do think Summer, like we talked about it, Summer Game Fest was really freaking good. Um but I was like, you know, Xbox has let me down before. I don't want to hype myself up too much. Um, so I had much more realistic expectations, I think. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by how fantastic this showcase was. And the way they started it was just banger after banger. And like, I was not expecting that. I don't think anyone was really expecting them to go full, like full swing ahead with Fable and then Compulsion Games and like so much more. So I was really satisfied with their showcase. Um, and yeah, like I I'm just happy to be really excited for Xbox right now. Yeah, and that's that's a great point. Um, Xbox did what PlayStation didn't. And they showed you exactly what you can expect this year, next year, and then even beyond next year. Um, this was almost a virtually perfect showcase, in my opinion. It's yes. uh, head and shoulders above PlayStation's. Uh, it was it was better than Summer Game Fest, even though Summer Game Fest was very good itself. Um, but this is what we want from a showcase. I don't think that it could have been much better at all. Um, the only way that it would get much better for me is if they showed a tad more gameplay for the games that, you know, we've seen a couple times now, and, like, we want to know what those games are. But yeah. other than that, there's the pacing of it was flawless. You know, the presentation was, like, impeccable. It was an incredible showcase. Um, and if you guys haven't watched it and you're into the showcases, I would highly suggest doing it because Xbox knocked it out of the park. I was sitting yeah. there around the 20-minute mark, and I was like, how could they possibly keep going? Um, and another critique of mine, which is, uh, it's kind of silly, um, but 
it's it's something that I like. So I like consistency. And normally their showcases are like an hour and a half. This one's just a little over an hour because the Starfield Direct. Um, and then there wasn't a, like a one more thing. It was the, it was the Starfield Direct right after, and yeah. that was just a tad disappointing. Um, I wouldn't knock it like extremely for that, but you know, for almost like an almost perfect showcase, uh, that would have been the icing on the cake if it was something that we didn't know about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I stand on it. I think that I would give it like a I'm, I might even give it like a 95 out of 100 to be honest. That's how good this showcase was for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely like I I would give it a five out of five. Um, not saying that it's perfect, but it was as good as you're gonna get. You know what I mean? So yeah, 100. Yeah, I I thought it was fantastic, and and again, like it's just. It feels so good as like an Xbox fan to be really excited for what's coming up for Xbox um, because, man, I've been starving for far too long. Um, but also just as a gaming fan in general, it's really cool to see Xbox having a lot of big games coming up that are going to be really competitive. You know, like it's going to put some solid competition on the market as far as first party titles goes. Um which is something that I've wanted to see Xbox do for a long time. Not for like the console wars, but for seeing Xbox, you know, really like show their worth and say like, hey, like we got great games here too. Um, so it's it's just super exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, excellency like breeds competition and yeah. honestly, I could I would I think there's an argument to be made that the shift in Sony's philosophy of going live service games, you know, the multiplayer centric stuff instead of the single player stuff um, and branching out is actually a, um, probably a direct correlation with Xbox's uh, shortcomings in the last generation. You know, Sony transitioned into the first, like the first uh, party single player experiences and now they're branching out because there hasn't been much competition like the switch is doing great but nintendo isn't a direct competitor of playstation the same way that xbox is um so i I i think there's a lot to be said there um and as someone who absolutely adores xbox but has been very critical of them over the last decade or so now um i am very happy with how this showcase was and where xbox is in general uh, Redfall was a flop. Um, we went over that on a, on a previous episode of Cascade Minds of how Arcane Austin didn't really want to make a game like this. It wasn't their creative vision. Like I believe it was 70% of the development team had left the studio before the game shipped because they, it wasn't what they wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, but Xbox did a course correction here um, in a massive way. And we're going to tell you exactly why right now. So when they opened with this game, Drewby, I was like, holy shit. Like, they're coming out swinging right now. Because I thought that this was going to be the closer. I really did. Or yeah. I thought that they were going to open with, like, you know, Hellblade. Because we've seen Hellblade on multiple occasions at different showcases. We did, it was at the Game Awards as well. Um, but no, it opens with Fable. And it looks incredible. Turn 10 Studios has done something very special with this game. Um it isn't in like a uh in-game footage. There's not there's like a twinkle of gameplay, but it's not like there's no HUD or like 
uh, noticeable elements of that. It's just like a little brief sequence of, I believe it's just a fireball, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and I forget the actor's name. Do you happen to know it? It's the guy from the IT crowd. Uh, I cannot remember off the top of my head. <laughs> if you've seen the IT crowd, you you know this fellow. Um, they're going in the actual like fable roots they're doing uh like a giant and like jack and the beanstalk kind of ordeal here and it's awesome and it's got the british comedy that we all miss and love from fable yeah there there you can kick chickens like yes, very far too like m much further than you could in the other games there's a Chicken clip of that. <laughs> so that was awesome to see um but yeah i was gonna say real quick um it was all in engine footage um so the game will hopefully look like that at launch. Um, and also it was running on a Series X apparently, um, yep. which that's super impressive because those graphics are really freaking good, like top tier uh, AAA uh, graphics right there. So that was like really exciting to find out about. Um, I really like the direction that they're taking with this because like we knew that it was going to be a reboot. Um, so there's obviously going to be some differences and I really like how they're doing like this literal sense of like fables and myths and legends. I hope that they really like lean into that and just like every like side quest, like the main story has to deal with like different like fairy tales and fables and stuff. Because uh, like you said, we have like the Jack and the Beanstalk kind of thing going on here. But like, you know, what else do they have in store like maybe like little red riding hood stuff or like you know like different things like that like that would just be really cool um and like a really unique setting for the game yeah agreed um it looks phenomenal as drew said uh it's by the guys that make the forza horizon series so they're they're getting to branch out here um yeah. similar to what playstation allowed their studios to do and I, and so far this looks like it's paying off big time i mean this looks incredible guys um if if you're into fable or interested definitely check that trailer out um but yeah i'm i'm personally excited the only little bit of letdown from that is that there was no year or window on that yeah um i feel like if xbox was confident that it was coming next year they would have said that and put a 2024 release window for sure but um things could change it, though you know like by the end of the year maybe they're gonna be like hey it's actually coming out in 2024 so yeah exactly like now would be you don't need to announce like if it's the fall title next year you don't need to say 2024 you can do that at, like the game awards or something exactly right um so moving on to the next game it is from compulsion um these guys did we happy few a few years ago now pun intended i guess uh <laughs> this is an in-game footage trailer as well and we don't see any snippets of gameplay or anything it's basically just a tone setting piece and it does a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, I got a little bit excited because in the beginning of the trailer, there was like a uh, a gas like tank, and it reminded me of like Black Ops zombies, like the jug. Oh yeah. So I got really excited for that, and I was like, "Ooh, are they gonna do like a like a zombie story mode?" But unfortunately, I think it's a little bit early for them to start doing that, considering the uh, Activision Blizzard deal hasn't gone through yet. But hopefully soon that goes through. But Back to the showcase and compulsion games. They are working on a brand new game called South of Midnight. What did you think about this one? Uh, I love the art style. Um, again, it was all in engine, uh, which is like really cool. Like everything at the showcase was for first party titles. Um, 
So yeah, the art style is fantastic. Um, I like how it kind of has that like into the Spider Verse, across the Spider Verse feel, where like there there's almost like less frame rate to like the characters and stuff. It just adds a really unique st like art style, and I don't think we've really seen too many games try and like achieve that. So if that's what they're going for in terms of like the art style and like gameplay and everything, that would be really interesting. Um, I was really like this trailer really piqued my interest i didn't really know like what it was uh but i will say um i'll just go ahead and read it off on the compulsion games website they actually have a little bit more information um which i wish would have been in the showcase but it's fine um because the rest of the showcase was fantastic but uh south of midnight is a third person action adventure game uh set in the american deep south uh, the game tells a dark modern folk tale and is driven by a rich narrative unique moody art direction and deep thematic gameplay elements. Uh, we like to refer to this game as wide linear, uh, with some explorable areas but gated to, requ uh, to require completion of the story in that area before moving on to the next. Um, so to me that kind of tells me it's going to be kind of along the lines of something like God of War, Ragnarok, or something like that, where uh, there's like a lot to explore, but it's not like a full-on open-world game. Um, and then uh, some more information um, uh, like regarding the game. Um, as the, the title mentions, it's called South of, the, uh, sorry, South of Midnight. Um, so the game is like set in uh, like the Deep South, and it's all based on actual Southern folklore. Um, so like different supernatural stories, urban legends that all took place in the Deep South like in our reality um so that's like really interesting i don't think i've really heard of any games being set within this setting uh so seeing something like super unique like that um gets me really excited uh so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to this and you know since it's a first party title it's going to be on game pass day one yep and there was 27 games shown at this showcase and 21 of them are going to be on game pass day one so uh that's another incredible feat from xbox uh just further enriching the best deal in gaming with xbox game pass yep um incredible stuff speaking of incredible stuff though drewby this is something that i know that you're personally extremely hyped for and we got our first well it's really an announcement of some sorts uh it was ubisoft star wars game from massive entertainment the guys who did the division um, it's called Star Wars Outlaws. It is an open world. It's a first open world Star Wars game, but that's kind of um, belittling it. It's open planets, right? Because you can. Yeah. So we we learned in the Ubisoft Forward um, that you can you can escape situations by getting in your spaceship and literally leaving the planet. And it's not like a fast travel out of the planet ordeal. It's you get in it and you fly out of the planet and you can go to other planets. Basically um, exactly what you would dream of for an open world Star Wars game. Yeah, or just any sci-fi game, really. There's for not real. many games that do that. Like No Man's Sky does it, for instance. And it, that's like always the appeal to me. I want to be able to physically do that. I want to yeah. be able to leave like the, the atmosphere and then go into space. And you can, I mean, the, the gameplay 
thing at um, Ubisoft Forward was exactly that. They were doing a, a heist mission, so to speak, and things went sideways. There's a wanted level, like in Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead. Um, so she was being she was being hunted. So she got on a speeder, was couldn't get away from the guys. The guys were still chasing her. She hops in the spaceship, goes to space, gets into some dogfights, and then hyperspeeds out to another i guess system or just further in the system i suppose yeah yeah i think i think all of the uh all of the planets are taking place in the outer rim um so i'm assuming you know they're all in the same system makes sense uh but yeah this gameplay looks incredible i believe it was a 10 minute trailer that they showed off i would highly suggest doing it because us talking about it won't do it justice. It looks yeah. incredible. Um, Massive has really done something special here. Um, and that's not the only thing that they're doing that's special, but we'll get to that toward the end of the show with the Ubisoft forward impressions. So, moving from Star Wars into a roguelike, 33 Immortals coming from Thunder and Lotus Studios, uh, or Lotus Games, I apologize. Uh, they did Spirit Far a couple years ago. I think it was 2020. It's a indie game. Very good stuff. Um, it's a co-op game. It's a co-op action roguelike for 33 players. It looks really good and yeah. surprising for that many players. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the, the indie game that you just mentioned that they made previously, it's got a huge following. Uh, I mm -hmm. think it's, like, got a 9 or a 10 on Steam. Like overwhelmingly positive reviews um so i know people are like massively excited for this i wasn't really familiar with them uh beforehand before the showcase um but watching this trailer i was like absolutely i will play this the fact that it's 33 players is really impressive and unique and such a like weird number to pick um but yeah like i can't wait to get my hands on it it looks very akin to something like hades um but 33 player co-op and yeah i don't have 33 friends to play with but uh <laughs> no i'm just kidding but but no like seriously i i can't wait to play this one yep this is another one that's coming to game pass day one and it'll be coming in 2024 so we don't have to wait too long for that yeah. um but things we also don't have to wait long for payday three it's coming September 21st, day one to Xbox Game Pass. Um, it looks exactly how you would expect it if you're familiar with Payday 1 or 2. It looks like the next-gen version. There's some quality of life improvements here. Um, they, they, it wasn't in the showcase, but they did come out and say there's, a, there's a several new ways and different ways to tackle these heists and to get out of the situations and stuff. Yeah. So I'm very excited to get back into this and... I think I'm mostly excited because it's on Game Pass because this isn't a game that I would pay full price for, uh, for sure. because I I think that it's just a game that I would love to play for a couple hours at a time, put down, come back in a few months with some friends. Um, but yeah, Payday is a fun time, especially if you have uh, like a three to four person friend group that want to just, you know, rob banks and be uh, villains. So what, what's your hype level for Payday 3? um not like insanely high because again like you said it's like one of those games where i don't know if i'd pay full price for but payday 2 is a ton of fun um 
I've had a lot of fun with that game in the past, uh, both on console and PC. Um, so I'm definitely like looking forward to this. Um, I don't know when I'm going to play it, though, because September's a pretty stacked month. Uh, but that's where Game Pass comes into play. I can play it whenever I want to. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, and it's a perfect game to pick up, play it, and put it down, and you're not missing much. Yep. Now, we're going to transition to a part of the showcase that, I mean, it's been banger after banger, but it, it, it continues to do so here. Uh, probably to a higher degree, I would think. So, unfortunately, it leaked, and we covered this on the last episode of Cask and Minds podcast, but um, Persona 3 Reloaded got leaked. The trailer got leaked, as well as Persona 5 Tactics. Um, yeah. But that trailer did show up at Xbox, as we originally thought, um, because it was highly rumored to be. And it was. And the trailer is still great. And I, we have a couple friends who aren't into watching like leaks and stuff they would rather see it at the showcase and they were extremely hyped for it they're a persona fan um and it looks incredible unfortunately it's just the remake of three so like fez and portable content won't be in it it's just yeah. the original one um but the game looks incredible uh it's the persona 5 treatment of persona 3 it's called yeah. persona 3 reloaded or reload sorry not reloaded uh, it is coming to Game Pass day one. It Originally, it only had Windows and Xbox on there, but it is coming to PlayStation 4 and 5. So if you're on PlayStation, don't think that you're not going to get Persona because yeah. Atlas loves Sony and Sony loves Atlas. So don't um, think that that's going to happen. I was also going to say real quick, it's also getting a physical release, which is really cool. Yes, we love that. We are very big on physical here at Casket Minds. Absolutely. So we're going to move into a game that I wanted to love more than I thought that I, or let me rephrase that. I wanted to love it because I, I thought it was something different and I had a different picture in my mind. So we open up and it's avowed, right? Mm -hmm. um, the trailer kind of made it seem like it was going to be Assassin's Creed at first and then like a Sea of Thieves because like the graphics kind of, they're not like photorealism like we expected from the little teaser that we got in what, 2020, I believe. Yeah. Um, but we but it we saw some snippets of gameplay, we saw some characters, some environments. It's a lot brighter and instead of photorealism, it's going for a more um I don't even know how what the art style I would call it, but it's not what I expected. And in the showcase, it kind of threw me for a loop because I was I was trying to digest my feelings for what was shown versus what I expected. Um, and so I was, I was a tad bit let down in that, but it was my own expectations fault versus the games. Yeah. And having seen more screenshots and game, like there's a, there's another trailer that shows like a small bit more gameplay. I'm starting to warm up to the idea of it. Um, mm -hmm. It's very brightly colored. It doesn't look extremely like next gen worthy in my opinion. But yeah. that's kind of Obsidian's kind of ordeal. They don't, they don't make pretty games. They make great games with great characters and great dialogue options. They have so, much smaller teams compared to, like, Bethesda and, like, some other big RPG studios as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, but I was, with Xbox's funding, I would expect a little bit better. But, definitely. again, I'm still excited as crap to play this game. I think it's going to be good. especially. I mean, Obsidian never let you down. 
yeah. it's just I wasn't expecting this art style versus mm-hmm. like a realistic take on the world of um, what is this game? Age of Pillars? Uh, Pillars it? of Eternity. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. So this didn't get a release date, but it got a window of 2024. Of course, that's coming to um, Game Pass as well because Obsidian is now owned by Xbox. And this is it's gonna it's gonna be great, I believe. Um, I still just have to digest what it is, I suppose. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Um, no, I definitely wasn't expecting the art style to be like this. Um, I'm not surprised by it. Um, and it didn't really disappoint me too much because I think overall the game looks really interesting. Um, I like the emphasis on dual wielding and like how you can use magic while like holding a sword or you can like use two swords or like whatever uh you want to like combine um so i think that gameplay element looks really cool um and uh we also found out that it's going to be much more on the scale of something like uh outer worlds um so it's going to be a smaller rpg but with like with a lot more depth um and it sounds like it's going to be uh kind of like outer worlds was where it's like different sections of maps that you can explore instead of a full-on open world um yeah so that was some interesting information to find out about um but i don't mind that personally because i think uh this is something that we're gonna like really have to like say often about this showcase there's a lot of variety in this showcase there's a lot of variety of what xbox has slated um which i really really like actually because uh, you know we've got some smaller scale rpgs we've got some big huge rpgs coming up like starfield and fable um and you know games in between that and then we've got like some smaller more indie like games so um really having that kind of variety uh for different gamers or like people who are wanting to try out something different i think is a really smart move from xbox we don't need every single first party title to be a massive open world game or something like that you know yeah i agree um there is a lot of variety but i was personally expecting this to be like the the game that would hold us over until other scrolls six yeah whenever that may be from probably four or five years from now probably uh hopefully at least a lot lesser time but i'm not going to expect it for a good amount of years um I do think that saying of the outer world scope, it does dampen my excitement a, a tad. And I, I say that only because I really like the outer worlds a lot. And it reminded me of like that Fallout vibe that ironically Obsidian gave us. Yeah. Um, but I was expecting a Vowed because this game's been worked on for over four years now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um and by the time it comes out, it'll be about a four and a half, five year development cycle. I was expecting a little bit more. Um, and I prefer, I do prefer the open world to like the open section in video games. But yeah, I agree. Again, we can't, we can't get everything we want. And I think that Obsidian is doing a great job here, um, telling us what to expect so that I don't have those ex or like the, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, I don't, cause I don't want to say disappointment, but like the dampenment. I guess if that's a word, uh, we're gonna make it one anyway. <laughs> Trademark. Of, yeah, right. Of experiencing that, like when I have the controller in my hands, right. So, I I like that they're getting out ahead of it. 
and I love the Outer Worlds. I uh, I was gonna go for the Platinum Trophy in that, but then I realized I had to do something that was gonna be time consuming, and I was like, you know what? Probably not the best idea. So <laughs> I didn't do it. Nice. Um, but I spent like more time in that world than I needed to because I beat it, and I did like I think I did all the side quests in that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I can't confirm that. But oh, yeah. it's Obsidian. It's gonna be good. It's gonna have everything that obsidian is known for so we're looking forward to that moving on to the next thing shown it actually is sea of thieves this time uh rare is teaming up with lucasfilm games and they're making an expansion for sea of thieves the legend of the monkey island or of monkey island not the i added that in there trademarked um, again yep we're we're making this game actually yeah. uh sorry <laughs> lucasfilm and disney we're doing it does this excite you at all? Um, so I've never played uh, the Monkey Island games, um, but I will say I thought the trailer was pretty cool. Um, and actually it does really excite me because the last time Sea of Thieves did something big like this was the Pirates of the Caribbean um, yeah, like crossover event. And that was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, and there was like a lot of like really cool like uh collectibles and like easter eggs and like all these like cool little things that you could find if you like explored a lot during these missions um so i'm actually really excited to have this come out for sea of thieves because it's been a while since sea of thieves has had any really big content updates i think the pirates of the caribbean uh update was the last like huge huge uh kind of content drop that they had um so I know a lot of people who have been actively playing, have been waiting for something like this. Um, and I think that Monkey Island is like the perfect kind of thing to cross over with because that also has pirates in it. Um, so I think it's like pretty genius. Um, I'm not going to pretend that like I'm a Monkey Island enthusiast because I haven't played the <laughs> games. But uh, I, I'm actually excited for this because it's going to give me a reason to play Sea of Thieves again. Um, yeah, I, I agreed. Because I know they're definitely going to knock it out of the park with uh, the missions that they add for this. So I, I think it'll be pretty fun. So the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, expansion thing was three years ago, actually. So it's been Jeez. a hot minute yeah. since the, the last uh, big crossover for Sea of Thieves. And it's been getting like quality of life updates and little things. But like the big thing, it's been three years, I believe. Okay. Um, but I can't think of anything after Pirates for Sea of Thieves right now. Um, so we're going to go with that, even if it's not the truth. <laughs> j- j- just the sources, we made it up, all right? Yeah. Um, speaking of making things up, uh, Xbox came out with a little... Well, actually, it's actually a big surprise. It's very big, and there's a reason for that. So the next game shown is Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. Now, right before Drew and I were started recording, we, we were talking about this because we're excited for it because the first one is, I mean, it's very fun. It's even if you don't, if you're not super into like aviation, it's just fun to just fly a plane around the world um, yeah. and just see like, you know, the, the wonders of the world and whatnot. Um, but the reason that it's called 2024 and not just Microsoft Flight Simulator is because it's a, it's the sequel to Flight Simulator. Uh, it They call it 2020 now, but it obviously it's just flight simulator beforehand um they've got a lot of stuff added in here and it looks incredible so they have mountain rescues they have skydive aviation 
They have aerial construction, industrial cargo transport, air racing, scientific research, where there's like uh, tornadoes and hurricanes and stuff, and you can fly around those. And like, it's like mission based now. Um, they have hot air balloon races um, and hot air balloon trips. It's it's a lot of cool stuff that they added to this. There's aerial yeah. firefighting, um, rescues, helicopter cargo transports now. They 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 took a simulator and made it into an actual like video game element to it, and it's very very cool and beautiful to look at. Yeah, no, um, it's it's really exciting. Um, like Mitch mentioned, we were talking about it before we started recording. Um, but yeah, Fly Simulator 2020 uh, was super awesome. Um, the technology that they have for it is incredible and innovative. Um, and so it's really cool. Like, I honestly wasn't expecting them to make a sequel. I thought they were just going to keep updating that. Um, but it's really cool that they've been actually like cooking up a full-blown sequel that's going to carry over all the content um, and expand upon it. Um, all of these like new mission-based things look really interesting and could be like a ton of fun. Um, they're going to be doing a Dune crossover with the... Um, gosh, what is that vehicle called in it i can't what, remember dune? now yeah yeah in dune i can't think of it right now either it's something like copter or something like that but like the little like dragonfly ship from the dune movie um yes. they're gonna have that in there and then obviously they're gonna have uh the dunes of arrakis to fly around and so that's gonna be getting added to flight simulator uh 2020 in november on november 3rd um and then we've got Flight Simulator 2024 to look forward to next year. Um, and obviously that content will carry over into the next game too. So yeah, uh, pretty exciting. Um, now it's not just going to be a chill game or like a super hardcore simulator. Now they're going to have really fun missions that you'll be able to do. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, not only that, it's like a huge variety of missions as well. Like they, yeah. they really went out of their way to make this game um, something special. And it does look special, so I'm I'm we're looking forward to that. And uh, the Dune crossover is extraordinary, and I cannot wait to do that. Oh yeah, um, that's free to everyone on Game Pass, both Flight Simulator 2020 and 2024, as well as the Dune um, update. Everything's free. It's on Game Pass. Um, so yeah, look forward to that piece of content November 3rd, and then Flight Flight Simulator, Fight Simulator, <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Robot Simulator, uh, <laughs> in 2024. So this is the game that I thought was going to open the show, but it's it's about the 20-ish minute mark, uh, about a third of the way through the showcase. They showed Hellblade 2. Um, again, they didn't show what I wanted, which is pure straight-up gameplay. Um, once again, it's in-game footage, all captured on a Series X. Um, but it's a great trailer for mood and tone and atmosphere. Um it has the voices that are in Sinua's head from the first game, and they play with that a lot. Um, it got key art, which might be the box art uh, when it does I hope launch. So, it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Um, look that up if you if you uh, are interested in Hellblade Two. But um, yeah, that's that's one thing that I was disappointed in is the amount of times that we've seen this game and we haven't gotten gameplay yet. Like, you know, I believe the last 
time they showed it at the Game Awards, I think, or maybe it was at a showcase. I can't remember. I think it was at um, Game Awards. Yeah, they showed off. Uh, it was another in like an in-game footage kind of ordeal, um, and that did have some gameplay in it, but it wasn't what you would expect when we say gameplay. Yeah. So us not seeing that again disappointed me but the thing that didn't disappoint me is that it's coming in 2024 confirmed day one on xbox game pass and i absolutely cannot wait to see what ninja theory has been cooking up yeah uh it's it's super exciting um i think that ninja theory is gonna have some really like interesting and innovative and maybe even like revolutionary things in the game uh because you know we've seen in the past that they're willing and like wanting to really push the current gen technology um and we know that they're working on multiple projects and some of them are like very ambitious like using cloud technology um so i'm really curious to see like what they've got cooking up for for hellblade 2 because i mean it's not just going to be a sequel to hellblade 2 like there's going to be like something really unique and new and interesting in there because that's what they like to do um so i'm really excited to get my hands on the game i'm really hoping that it'll be in the first half of 2024 because we've been waiting for so freaking long um and i just really want to play this game yeah i i hope that it's early as well i'm hoping for like a like a I don't know, maybe like a February, March. Uh, it didn't say early 2024, but I'm hoping it is early 2024. Yeah. Uh, because I absolutely adore the first game. I beat it and I platinumed it in one sitting. Nice. Um, it's not super long. So it's like five to six hours. But I remember I had an opening shift because I was working retail all the time. So I worked from like seven to three and I came home and it was the day it came out. And I, I sat down at my desk and I looked up and the next thing I know it was like 11 o'clock. And I was like, I should probably go eat now. Uh, <laughs> and so I did. And it was fantastic, though. I, like, I, I think of that game so fondly, even though it probably wouldn't hold up as well as my brain thinks it would. Uh, and that's not like a, a diss to the game itself, because I think that a lot of the elements of that game would hold up. It's just that even back then, the combat wasn't like something to write home about. Yeah, but that's something that I think they're vastly going to improve this time because it's—I mean, it's Ninja Theory. That's kind of what they do. Um, so I'm—that's the thing I'm most interested in. And that's what I want to see because, like, they nailed the aesthetic and the mood and like the uh, like the set pieces in the first one. It's just I want to see what that gameplay looks like, and I know it's going to be good. I just have to wait a little bit longer, I suppose. Yeah. Speaking of waiting a little bit longer. We don't have to wait much longer for the next game in the Yakuza slash Like a Dragon series now. They've finally localized it in the West. It's no longer Yakuza. It is Like a Dragon. Um, here we saw like a, like a Dragon 8, which is called Infinite Wealth. Now, Yakuza nerds, please don't get mad at me because I don't know specifically who said it. I, it was either the game director or the producer. I can't remember. And I do not know their name, I apologize. But they did say that they wouldn't bring Yakuza to America. Uh, they lied. So, um, I don't... I think it's Ichiban? That's the character's name from Like a Dragon 7? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't play it, but uh, I'm very keen on playing the entire series. Um, he watches up on a beach in America. That's pretty Hawaii. much a trailer. Hawaii, actually. It's, oh, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is America, kind of. Kind of, yeah. 
but bipartisanly <laughs> anyways uh he washes up on hawaii uh infinite wealth early 2024 out on all platforms just shown at xbox it's a very comedic trailer if you're in the yakuza or just funny things look up this trailer um infinite wealth it's very short it's 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 funny he's he's butt naked and washes up on the shores of hawaii according to drew the hawaii expert of the podcast so oh, we're yeah. glad to have him here yes sir <laughs> transitioning from hawaii to atlantic city fallout 76 is heading to atlantic city for some god-awful reason as if you needed to go to atlantic city when there wasn't nuclear wasteland um <laughs> That's where they're going next. And as someone who hasn't played Fallout 76, well, mainly for a multitude of reasons, but one being that there's a lot of content now. It wasn't good at launch. I know they fixed it, but it's just, I feel like it's an overwhelming task to go back now. Yeah. Um, I would want to play this just for the Fallout itch slash just to see Atlantic City. Um, probably just modern day what it looks like now, because that's what I imagine. It can't get much worse, but uh, <laughs> so if anyone's listening from Atlantic City, they're going to be fuming, but we like to have fun here, guys. Uh, Atlantic City sucks, so yeah, hopefully this doesn't suck, though. Fallout 76, it's coming. Um, I don't believe they set a date. Is it coming soon? Uh, That's right. Yeah. Um, so coming soon, if you're in a Fallout 76, there's your update for that. Um, and I will say, since we're we're covering like the Bethesda portion well, it's already over now, but I wanted to say that, like, normally when since Bethesda was acquired from Xbox, and even before then, they spent a lot of the middle section of their showcases, like, you know, updating us on, like, Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout 76, uh, and, like, some other, like, live service stuff that a lot of people don't care about, but a lot of people do. Um, I think that this showcase perfectly nailed exactly what they needed to do in terms of getting the information across in a way that wasn't super long or boring or cringy, even for the people that are not interested in this. Um, mm. So that's another reason why I think this showcase is top notch, top tier, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. So Capcom, Capcom rather, <laughs> uh, held their own event the day after. Um, actually, was it the day after or was it the same day? It was the day class? after, yeah. Okay. So, um, so it was, it was kind of weird seeing a new IP at Xbox, but it was very welcoming because I did miss the Capcom showcase. However, you don't need to watch um, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> I, I, like, there's a reason I didn't watch it. I was like, I can do this or this. And I'm like, well, I can just get up to speed with Drewby on the Capcom thing. And there was, we were in a big group chat with a bunch of other of our friends and they were saying, yeah, what, this could have been an email. And I was like, I will make it an email. So uh, so Capcom was at Xbox, though, and they showed off a game that looks over the top, but in a good way. Um, it's very bright at times and very dark at times, and I know that's a poor description of what this game is. Um, <laughs> the graphic fidelity isn't fantastic, but the art style is. But yeah. think of like... Now, I'm going to say this, but bear with me. Like a Tears of the Kingdom-inspired art style but not inspired in the way that it looks like tears of the kingdom or breath of the wild but like the the what am i trying to say here the way that 
it's 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 different than what we've seen before is what i'm trying to say but just yeah. doing it poorly um it's a weird looking game right but mm-hmm. the gameplay itself looks absolutely fantastic um yeah. and i think that that alone is going to sell me on this game um sure. i believe it's in japan if i'm not mistaken uh, probably yeah I, we're gonna say it's in japan even if it's not because that's what we do here we make up on news sources yeah. uh it's called path of the goddess and it looks really cool and the reason i'm gonna play this is because it's day one on game pass mm-hmm. um if you're into like third person action games i kind of got some near automata vibes from the gameplay alone yeah. not like the visual like the visual fidelity of it yeah. um but the gameplay is super smooth in that game, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it now. For sure. All right, Drewby, I'm going to need to engage how excited you are for this next one. Okay. Um, so for this next game, the date leaked, of course. That's what that's why all these things go. Um, but next up, they showed Forza, and when they when they came out and they showed Forza here, I was like, what in the world is happening? We have had banger after banger, um, surprises, like a dragon was there, Persona was there. So, you, I mean, like, they're hitting these different markets that normally they don't hit these markets. Um, they are showing all of their big heavy-hitting games. What's going to be last? Unfortunately, it was just Starfield. And I say that not condescendingly, but... I wanted there to be one last thing because that's that's what makes showcases fun. But mm-hmm. anyway, Forza was shown. It's Forza Motorsport. They dropped the number at the end. It's just Forza Motorsport now, which I actually like. Yeah, I don't. We're, what, what were they on before? Like eight or nine? Seven, I think. Okay, so this would have been eight. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was time to drop that. Um, little to no surprise, this game looks absolutely fantastic. And it's got cars. I, I was actually a little bit surprised by that. <laughs> I, now, if they threw in Lightning McQueen, I would have been surprised. Dude, unfortunately... hey, Xbox already has that partnership with Disney established. Whoever is like working <laughs> on Forza Motorsport, please, please do a Cars crossover. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even like kidding. That would be so hilarious and awesome at the same time i feel like that's something that forts of horizon would legitimately do for and I sure need that for to sure. happen just so i can go drifting with lightning mcqueen and just go Ka-chah! exactly or play my boy miter <laughs> that would be incredible <laughs> uh i would i would buy that i wouldn't even use game pass for that oh I would yeah buy that expansion absolutely uh so forts is out october the 10th uh so for all the all the car nerds your game, your simulator's coming early October, uh, right before Spider-Man, so get your get your driving in so you can go swing it on the 20th. Um, <laughs> but back to Bethesda news, Elder Scrolls Online makes an appearance once again. Um, there's an expansion coming June 20th. It's Necrom Shadow Over Morrowind. Yes. Uh, that's the tagline, but it's called Necrom. So I guess you're going back to Morrowind. I thought they had already went to Morrowind once, but yeah, whatever, I, I guess. I yeah, I think they already had some Morrowind stuff, but I think they're like expanding upon it. 
interesting. Um, it looks cool. I mean, yeah, it looks like Elder Scrolls Online, but better. And they, I mean, they just keep making the game better and better. I would assume. I'm not oh, yeah. super into the community, but I mean, every time they show it, it looks better and bigger and awesome. For sure. MMOs just aren't my thing, both from a time perspective and just, you know, the gameplay loop. It's just, it's an addicting thing that I can't afford to get into. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, Overwatch 2 is the next game shown. We can just go right over that and skip ahead. <laughs> yep, and I planned on doing that, except for the fact that it's so for the two people that play overwatch 2 uh heroes starter pack is coming out it's all all six heroes uh legendary skins in games cosmetics and they're doing the story stuff that they're making you pay for uh super dumb i don't know why they do that it makes me mad because they were like i'm pretty sure they advertised two as the, hold on let me back up so the microtransactions right the excuse for those were that they were funding the single-player expansions coming in Overwatch 2, right? Yeah. Well, now they're making you pay for it. And it's stupid and dumb, and I don't know why on earth they think that would be okay. It's ridiculous, but that's so, uh, that's freaking activism uh, for you. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, Overwatch 2, A New Adventure Begins, August 10th. If you're in Overwatch, there you go. And I'm sorry that you're in Overwatch. Um, play Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> oh, you're not endorsed by Rainbow Six Siege, but I like it better. So, uh, the other portion of Persona that leaked, Persona Five Tactica, is coming out November seventeenth. They got the trailer that we pretend like we didn't see, but we definitely, definitely, definitely different, different. Why are you saying different? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I, I can't believe I just can't talk right now. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool little trailer. If you're into Tactics games or Persona 5 spinoffs for the, the 30th time, um, <laughs> November 17th is your date for that. On Game Pass Day 1. On Game Pass Day 1. That's a, that's a common theme for Atlas nowadays. It's very cool to see because... Yep. For a long time, Xbox wasn't in the Japanese market, uh, and now they're going in there very strongly, so we approve. Actually, wasn't it last year that they just got Persona, like, in general? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. Uh, so they, they're developing a great partnership and friendship, I guess, with Atlas. Um, yeah. Persona 5 and 3 are coming to Game Pass day one. Um, and yeah. Another game that's coming to Game Pass Day 1, which makes absolutely no sense why this trailer was even in the showcase itself, they revealed a Starfield trailer. Um, it was a good trailer, to be fair. Oh, yeah. But it was unnecessary, given that we were about to have a 45-minute direct right after. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of just like, hey, here's a new trailer that you can share um, that isn't you know, the massive direct we're about to do. Um, yeah, I feel like they should people. have saved that trailer for the end of the showcase to transition into Starfield. Um, I thought the placement of it was kind of just, like, a little weird. Odd, right? yeah, yeah, and especially because it, like, made me think, oh, are they actually, like, just going into Starfield now? Uh, is that the end of the showcase? But it wasn't, so... 
and like if you were watching live it would it kind of felt like the end of the showcase like it, yeah it 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 felt like that was that was the end because they had shown everything and we were like what could they possibly keep showing exactly. uh, but fortunately for us they did keep showing more and it's a couple of good things so right after that starfield trailer we got we got a little indie game uh from don't nod i believe it is let mm -hmm. me just double check that yep it is double nod or double nod don't <laughs> nod uh it's like a climbing game the the tagline of it is climb fall 2023 <laughs> it's called juicent i believe i think that's how you say it if i'm if i'm butchering that i do apologize. I, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it but we're just gonna go with it yeah because we make our own rules here um it's a it's a it's a game uh and i don't say that negatively it looks really cool it's just hard to explain other than you climb things yeah um the art style is fantastic um, it is it really is fantastic um, it, it looks it, like it's going to be one of those indie games that's going to be a smash hit just just from the vibes that i'm getting from it um and i'm definitely gonna have to try it out and luckily for you it's on game pass so exactly. you don't have to pay for anything uh another reason why game pass rules so speaking of game pass ruling another game coming to xbox game pass day one is a game called still wakes the deep this game leaked uh a few minutes before um the showcase happened it it looks to appeal like it looks to appear to be on like an oil rig it's developed by the chinese room um i'm not super familiar with that name but it's a cool um, development so, team yeah they uh they worked on some of the amnesia games oh well that's actually yeah. very interesting then because amnesia rules and... okay uh i just looked it up yeah it was amnesia a machine of a uh, machine for pigs uh they worked on everybody's gone to the rapture and then dear esther which both Ooh, those okay. two latter ones are like really uh well received indie titles everyone gone to the rapture is a great game um back when playstation used to do themes because i pre-ordered that game they gave you a super mm -hmm. sweet theme uh and it was super peaceful and it had like a really nice theme song to it and nice. so that was my theme for years um on ps4 very good stuff that makes me very excited for this because i mean the atmosphere of it was super intense um but yeah still wakes the deep out early 2024 it's on game pass looks to be fantastic amnesia developers everyone's gone to the rapture developers very cool um i think this game might be the thing that i was least excited about but i still think that it looks interesting so the world kind of looks like borderlands-ish to me mm -hmm. but and the character kind of looks like hi-fi rushes yeah rushish i don't know if that's <laughs> i don't i don't know if that's english or not but hopefully you guys understand what i mean um it's an interesting trailer, and I think that you should watch it, even though it's probably my least exciting thing in the the um, showcase. But again, everything is subjective. But this game, it looks good. Don't get me wrong; that's not why I'm I'm not um, raving about it. It's just that it's very bright, and when I and when I play super bright games, it hurts my eyes, and so I don't know if I'll be able to physically play this game. <laughs> What did you think about it? Dungeons of Hunter Hinter Hinterberg. Hinterberg yeah. Uh yeah, it, it looks interesting. Um 
what uh, like I wasn't like super excited for it, but it's on Game Pass, so I'm probably gonna try it out. Um, on IGN, they said like, you know, it's got exploration, fast-paced combat, uh, towns to explore, a lot of like varied environments. Um, so yeah, it looks like it could be a neat little like indie game. Um, I'll definitely try it out since it's gonna be on Game Pass, but um it's not something that like super appealed to me um right who who knows like maybe it's an awesome game and i'll really love it yeah see the thing is is that it's gonna hurt my eyes but i definitely want to try it out because i think it's intriguing but it's it's of the showcase it's the weakest link for me for me this that's also actually i lied there's i just scrolled down and saw there's another game in there uh, so I take that back. Everything I love this game. I'm gonna play this game. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, it looks good. Um, Dungeons of Hinterburg. It's 2024. It's on Game Pass. Um, very cute little indie thing. It looks like. Yeah. Another cute little indie game coming out, Drew. I don't know if you've heard about this one. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> it's DLC. Got dated. Uh, it is November 26th, 2023. Our boy Keanu Reeves came out again, you know, did his thing. No, you're breathtaking. He didn't do that. (laughs) but I wish he um, did. Yeah, me too. Uh, Fantastic, though. And this is going to get me back into the game, I think, but it's just not when it comes out. So Starfield comes out three weeks before that. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 comes out, I think, less than a week before this. So there's no chance of me playing a big open world thing. Uh, yeah. that isn't Starfield. But sure. the things that we're hearing about this DLC, about it completely overhauling the entire game and making yeah. it feel like the next-gen version of this game um, is incredibly exciting. Uh, yes. Um, when right after the showcase, there was a bunch of people tweeting from the industry that got to play this, and they're yeah. like, hey, if you're playing Cyberpunk right now, just just don't, like when this DLC comes out, it's going to completely change how the game plays and feels and um, the, the skill trees and the perks and the way that you play the game is fundamentally changing with this DLC. And they really wanted to make this DLC like their redemption story for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Uh, because if you're, if you're not familiar, like this game was incredibly hyped as this, um, well, very cyberpunk world uh, has Keanu Reeves in it. it. The way it was shown, it was kind of like, People had the expectation that this was going to be like more than a game. It was going to be like an like an event, an experience. We were going to be living uh, in this world. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But it seems like they're writing those wrongs now. Yeah. Um, and it looks incredibly good, and apparently it plays incredibly good. Mm. Yeah, they uh, like overhauled the the gameplay. Um, they also overhauled the AI system, so the AI are a lot smarter now, because that was, like, one of the issues before, is the AI was pretty dumb. Um, but they completely reworked that. Um, if you've never heard of SkillUp, uh, he's a, got a great YouTube channel, does reviews, gameplay impressions, and stuff like that. Um, he did a deep dive of what he got to play for Phantom Liberty. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, cause he goes into great detail of like all of the amazing changes that they're making for the game. Um, and it's got me super hyped for it cause I personally loved the, the base game itself. Yes. It had like issues. It was flawed. Uh, it was like really buggy at launch, but overall as a game and like a story, it was pretty awesome. 
Um, so the fact that they're improving like everything that it was flawed with gets me like super excited. Yeah, agreed. And it's making me want to get back to Night City. Uh, I'm just not gonna yeah. be able to because of time. And there's so much coming out, guys. Like, oh yeah, we're living in the best timeline right now for for gaming and film in general. Like, if you even TV shows, like all kinds of oh, entertainment yeah. mediums, like we're getting the best of the best right now. Um, and it's fantastic stuff. So originally I lied and I said the, the Dungeons and Hinterberg was my least uh, favorite part of the showcase. That's wrong. It's <laughs> completely of the list compared to this next game. And this is not a dig at it. It's just completely not my game. So Hinterberg actually has a chance of being a game for me. I'm probably just going to have to like adjust the, the light settings because it again, it is a bright game. Um, City Skyline 2. I don't know if this was already announced or not. Uh, probably it was. I think it or, was. Um, I think it was too, because I think I've heard that name before. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any like footage of it beforehand or something like that. That would make sense because they showed a lot of gameplay footage here. Um, yeah. This game looks incredible in terms of like the detail and the scope, but mm -hmm. building things has never been my thing in video games. Um, I'm just not that creative, nor do I want to build a city that I can't live in. Um, that said, I do love The Sims, but I don't like... I feel like this is such a bigger scale than The Sims. Oh, for sure. Um, like, even though... What was those games called back in the day? Uh, like, for 360 and PS3, where you built, like, the roller coaster parks? Like, the amusement parks? Uh, are you talking about the, like, Lucasfilm one? Like, Thrillville? No, I, it was like... It was it like, Rock and Roller Coaster... Not Rock and Roller Coaster, something... Roller coaster, I thought. I don't remember. I'll roller coaster after. tycoon. I don't know. That's They're... it. That's okay. it. Oh. Um, yeah, I rented that thinking that like the game was just gonna be me riding roller coasters for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, and then they were like, "Nope, you gotta build it." And I was like, "Screw this!" And I took my move or my game back to movie gallery, and I think I rented Def Jam Fight for New York instead. So nice. That that tells you about the man that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got any thoughts on City Skylines? Does, does this interest you whatsoever? Um, I've never really like played too many games like this before, um, but it is coming to Game Pass. So if I'm bored someday, I might actually just try it out because I do think that for the type of game that it is, it looks fantastic. And I know the first one has a huge following and it's got great reviews. Um, so if I find myself bored at some point, I might just like check it out, maybe get a few achievements in it. Um, just to boost up my gamer score, um, but it's not like a game that I'm like actively looking forward to. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at too. I'm like, you know, I I recently moved and I have really good internet now, so I can I can download games in like the blink of an eye. It feels like. Yeah. Um. So with this coming out, this comes out October 24th. It has no chance of me playing that anytime soon because of Spider-Man 2 coming out four days before this. Um. But if, I, if I'm bored one day and I see it on there, I'm like, hey, I'll download this, try it out for five minutes, and then uninstall it. That's, that'll probably be my experience with it. Because, um, again, that's just not my game, but I know there's a lot of people that love that stuff, so... Yeah. No, for speaking sure. Speaking of surprises, though, Drew, even though we weren't speaking of surprises, but that's my segue bit, um, <laughs> this game, once again, for the third time this showcase, comes from Atlas. And I'm so incredibly thankful that this game did not leak. Um, 
So again, just to reiterate, Persona 3 Reload and Persona 5 Tactica did leak via Atlas. Uh, it was a foreign account on Instagram, but from an, it was an official Atlas account, but it was a foreign Atlas account. Uh, yeah. I believe it was France. I could be wrong on that. So France, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm not very sorry, but I'm a little bit sorry. So, um, But they unveiled a game called Metaphor Re Fantasio. And it essentially is fantasy persona. This game looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I absolutely am clamoring to play it. It looks so, so good. If you love like the social links and the graphic fidelity and like the art style and the you know the depth of which uh, Persona is, and you want it in a fantasy setting, this is the game for you. It's made by the developers of three, four, and five. Um, the menu, like the pause menu, like for like your skills, your items, your equipment, your party, etc., uh, is probably my favorite pause menu of all time, and that's just from this trailer. I think that the colors and the art of it make it look phenomenal and that alone makes me want to play the game yeah no i definitely agree it looks awesome uh it's really interesting to see them making a new franchise because i thought this was going to be like another shin megami tensei or however you pronounce it um but no it's a completely new ip with the same kind of gameplay style as persona in a fantasy setting um so that's really exciting i love persona um I'm definitely going to be playing this one when it comes out. Yep, same. Uh, Also, this is not going to be on Game Pass, but this is a game that is worth buying. Uh, And I hope that Persona being on Game Pass entices them to be like, entices Xbox gamers to really give this a chance and buy it full price because this game looks phenomenal. Um, Yeah. well, maybe not. But if like there's five trailers that I would suggest going to watch on the showcase, that would be one of them. Um, because I think even like especially if you like if you're into anime or just the Persona series or turn-based combat or if those aren't enticing, just give it a shot. And if you if you don't like it, then you don't like it. But if you do, then you're gonna love it. I think. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's about it for metaphor aside from me boosting it it's a view count trying to get people to watch it uh i I think that's the most the thing i'm most hyped for outside of starfield from this showcase just because i know it's coming in 2024 uh and i didn't see hellblade gameplay so i still don't know what that game is um but yeah it's definitely it's probably top three things for me in the showcase um but We've been talking about Tears of the Kingdom a little bit today, and I guess I guess Zelda in general. I did mention Breath of the Wild earlier, I believe, as well. There's a new game called Stoic. It's a co-op game. No, sorry, I lied. It's called Towerborn. My <laughs> <I> apologies. <laughs> I don't know why I said Stoic for. Uh, it's called it's called Towerborn. It's a Game Pass game. It reminded me of Tears of the Kingdom slash Breath of the Wild. Some enemies and uh like the cell shaded art style mm-hmm. it looks very good yeah. um uh it's also it, developed by the same devs who made the banner saga games which are oh, some right, really yeah. interesting indie games um, oh that's that's stoic that's where i'm getting it from yeah 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 <laughs> um 
but yeah no the, this looks really solid it's like a co-op adventure game um but it's like an ever-changing world uh so like the vibes that i got from it in terms of its gameplay kind of reminded me of castle crashers um oh, yeah but yeah. which yeah fantastic game by the way oh um, but yeah it's uh it's but it's very unique um like in the fact that it's that kind of like style of game but like the world is always going to be changing um and like different things that happen to the game will affect the world uh so yeah it sounds really interesting coming out on game pass day one in 2024 yes uh looks good even if i butchered the name and called the game the studio name <laughs> uh the game pass thing is definitely gonna sell me on this game because it's a, actually I'm, I'm actually would buy this game full price um yeah but game pass allows me to play it without doing that um which is great there was a game that came out i think last month called ravenlock it's an indie game um i beat it in one sitting it's a very short game it's on game pass i would recommend it it, rem it reminds me of like that early like the the original xbox um kind of fable-ish honestly i got some fable vibes from it it's short it's sweet it's it's pretty simple but i believe this is the f studio's first or second game um so i'm gonna i'm gonna promote ribbon lock for a second because it's on game pass and i like it a lot <laughs> um but yeah game pass is such a great thing for indie games to get people to play them that um normally wouldn't or want wouldn't want to spend like the 15 bucks on a game yeah um because if, if you like it, you can buy it. And that's that's something exactly. that I did with Ori and the Blind Forest is I played that on Game Pass um, and I fell in love with it. So I bought that and the sequel on Xbox. I bought both of them for the Nintendo Switch and I bought like the little plushie like Ori. Yeah. Um, just because I fell in love with the, like that world and that character. Um, and that's the beauty of Game Pass is it allows us to to find those hidden gems that normally wouldn't get the love that they deserve otherwise. Sure. So we're going to wrap up the Xbox showcase with a brand new game, brand new IP from In Exile. Mm -hmm. It's called Clockwork Revolution. It looks fan freaking tastic. So yes, I got some sir, high um, Bioshock Infinite vibes. Mm. I got some dishonored vibes with some kind of like a ah oh crap i'm blanking on the name right now oh death loop got some yeah. death loop vibes with like the the time aspect of the game this is a trailer i would highly recommend going to watch because again i don't think that we can do it justice just by talking um mm. it's an fps um maybe not fps but it's a first person uh, uh action game it is it of. is a first person shooter yeah well, I know you're shooting it, but but I, I don't know. When I say FPS, I think of like Call of Duty or like Battlefield or so. Like it is an FPS, but like I don't know. It's weird. That's why that's why I said go watch the trailer because <laughs> even like so it, it is an FPS, but it's it's unique. It looks incredible. Um, obviously this is coming to Game Pass day one. We don't know when. It's probably 2025. I would imagine. Um, just due to the fact that in exile needs some time to get this thing cooking, but yeah, it looks great. This is another one that I would probably put my top five for. Um, oops, 
I dropped my pen. Uh, for the showcase, and of course, this being the closer, um, I guess if you look at this as the closer, but without be it being like the one more thing, we did have an Xbox first party closer. Yeah, that, uh, so that actually makes me happy. Um, I guess I just didn't realize that in the moment because we oh. were transitioning to Starfield. I, I'm I'm gonna actually I I just looked on Steam. Uh, they have a brief description of the game. Just to like okay. kind of give you a little better idea of what the game is, um, Clockwork, Clockwork Revolution is a time-bending steampunk first-person RPG. After stumbling across an incredible invention that allows you to travel into the past, you discover the city you call home, the vibrant steam-powered metropolis of Avalon, uh, has been carefully crafted through the alteration of historical events. By traveling back to key moments, your interactions and choices will have a butterfly effect on the deep narrative-driven world and characters of Avalon, causing them to change and react in unprecedented uh, ways. That, so that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I had no clue it was an RPG. Uh, that's not surprising, though, because that's been an Exile's thing. Um, but yeah, that sounds super sick. Agreed. It looks fantastic. Um, highly recommend going to watch that trailer because it looks great. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, I know a lot of people probably wouldn't love it just due to the fact that uh, it looks like a mesh of a bunch of things that we've already seen. But again, it reminds me of Bioshock Infinite, and I desperately want another game that has that aesthetic. So yeah, give me that steampunk aesthetic. You know, that, that came and went. Um, but also, my favorite Assassin's Creed is from steampunk. So sure. Syndicate, baby, I think it's great. Uh, so that was technically that was the last game shown at the Xbox Game Showcase, but Phil Spencer came out and announced the new version of the Xbox Series S. It has a one terabyte SSD now. It's black instead of the white with the black speaker. It is like the uh, it's a glossy black finish. It costs three forty nine. Oh, they got it right here. It's carbon black is their their definition of it. Um, three forty nine. And it is coming out, I believe, September 1st. Or I know it's September, but I believe it's the 1st of September. Yes, confirmed. September 1st, and pre-orders are up now. Um, and yeah, that wraps up the Xbox Showcase. So what we're going to do is we're going to transition shortly into the, um, the Starfield Direct. But first, I believe we have a write-in question, correct? We do, uh, from the one, the only, Walker, Texas Ranger, Jimmy Jam. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only, baby. The one and the only. Um, well, I guess I'll go ahead and read it off since I got it right here. Um, so, our boy, the myth, the legend, uh, he asked, even though Xbox had a better showcase than Sony... How much did it actually do as far as console wars go? Mitchie man, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that it's the beginning of something special for Xbox. I think that this showcase itself isn't gonna push. I don't think Xbox did enough here to push a lot of PlayStation users over to Xbox. Um, However, I do think the directed 
because Starfield, since being acquired, since Bethesda got acquired from Xbox, um, Starfield has been made to be an Xbox exclusive. It is coming to PC as well, but um, obviously Xbox is the cheapest way of getting into the ecosystem to play Starfield. Um, And this game is going to be a game of the generation type of game, like Skyrim, like Fallout. It's the next Bethesda thing. This is an event game. Um, We're going to get into it in a few minutes with the Starfield Direct, but this game is going to be massive. It's going to be incredible. I think that this game alone is going to sell probably millions of Xboxes, honestly. And I think that this showcase helps them stay on the Xbox platform, but I'm not sure if it moves the needle super far yet. And I say that only because within the next year, we're getting Hellblade and we're getting um, Avowed. Those are going to help people stay on Xbox. But when Fable and the Gears and Halo and all that starts coming next year, like presumably we're going to hear about them. Um, And we're... Again, we're giving this showcase nines and tens um, from us at Casket Mines, and there was no mention of Gears or Halo to be found, yeah. and that says everything that you need to know about Xbox and right now in 2023. Um, just the fact that you know they had to rely on those two franchises all of last generation. I mean, they carried the Xbox One platform, and now Xbox is in such a great position that they had a almost flawless showcase that didn't even mention halo or gears yeah um so yeah i think that this is everything that xbox needed i think that starfield is going to be something that is going to sell xboxes and move playstation fans to the platform uh for either the first time or the first time since last generation um yeah and then i think that you know, I think Phil and um, I, I forget her name. Is her name last name Boone? Gosh, I am. I'm blanking right now. So I apologize for for not knowing her name. But they they both said that they want to have four big Xbox games a year. Um, we know two of them for next year. We know Forza this year, Starfield this year. We have Hellblade and Avowed coming. We have Fable coming in the pipeline. We had Hi-Fi Rush this year as well. Hi-Fi Rush, that was a hit indie game. Um, yeah, and with all these games hitting Game Pass day one, I think that Starfield is the stepping stone to getting millions onto Xbox. And then I think Xbox's showcase proved to them why they need to be on Xbox and stay on Xbox. For sure. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really have too many thoughts on it because he kind of hit all the key points. Um, I will say that it's already done a lot for the console wars themselves, or at least the console wars that you see on like Twitter and stuff. Because, goodness gracious, the amount of Sony ponies and Xbots <laughs> that are going to war with each other on Twitter right now, it, it is insane. Uh, and I honestly kind of love it because it makes me laugh. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like they're going at each other right now. Um, you got PlayStation uh, like fans who are just shitting on the Xbox showcase for probably reasons of jealousy because the PlayStation showcase was a letdown. And then you've got mm-hmm. the Xbox fans who are saying that Xbox is changing the industry with the showcase, which it was like 
a flawless showcase and like the best we've had in years but um <laughs> it doesn't mean that xbox is like the top of the like consoles right now you know they they yeah. still they still got a lot of room to improve and this showcase is showing that they're taking those steps they're taking big leaps towards where they need to go um 100 percent. so yeah it is doing a lot for console wars in terms of like twitter and stuff like that but um yeah it'll we still got you know probably a few years to go until we like reach that point where like xbox is on top of their game again you know what i mean they, they've still got a lot of games to to release till we get to that point yeah and like just for full clarity um xbox is last in like hardware sales and stuff and you know they, they've they've had mixed messaging of like hey we don't mind that xbox is you know like last or like we don't necessarily focus on the hardware and they backpedal on that and so like xbox doesn't have like a super clear vision of like what they want from like because they're, they're bringing game pass to like samsung tvs and like you can play on the cloud you can play on your xbox your pc a lot of the time they don't matter or they don't care rather um where they want they just want you to play their games yeah. uh, but they're lying when they say they don't care about the xbox sales because they don't want to be third they don't want to be behind nintendo and sony at the same time um yeah and that that, that that's evident from all the acquisitions that they have the studios and all these great games that they're making um but phil is not a stupid man uh, on the kind of funny podcast when they were or the kind of funny x cast rather um when they were talking about you know um the the Redfall scenario he was saying that um even if they just made great first party games that that wouldn't be enough to to move the needle you know they have to they have to branch out and do more and i yeah. think that i think that they're they're nailing the first party games now like th there's so much to look forward to here uh just from the showcase alone and they still have their heavy hitty heavy hitters in the background another game that we weren't that we didn't mention was the initiatives perfect dark remake um that wasn't shown here because that's in like development hellish right now um i think they're i think they're finally figuring that out as well but I mean, in terms of, um, in term, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, maybe I'll come back. Oh, it, not only like the first party stuff, but like the cloud initiative. Their games being um, cross save and like you know cross progression rather um, between Xbox and PC in the cloud. It's it's great. It's something that I wish Sony would do. Um, which Sony is doing in that, but that's that's a time for another podcast. Um, mm -hmm. But Xbox is ahead of the game in terms of like the cloud stuff and in terms of the, like the cross progression of PC and just being user and like uh, cloud friendly. Uh, it, it it's it's really good stuff um, for sure. And I'm really I'm really happy to to have invested early in the Series X because I I had a feeling that Xbox would come back this generation and this is the great first step in that direction absolutely i agree all right that's gonna wrap up the xbox showcase so we're gonna go quickly into the starfield direct now this is a 45 minute direct just 15 minutes shy yep. of the actual showcase um and they went over a lot and this is a, this is an in-depth thing that everyone should watch um yes even a casual gamer, I mean, this is this is what you want. If you're a fan of Skyrim, of Fallout, this is the next game from Bethesda Game Studios. 
Um, this game is massive, way more massive than anyone could have ever anticipated. Um, I mean, a lot of people that have played it said that it feels like No Man's Sky 2 with Bethesda Game Studios' polish and quality with their um, narrative structure on top of that. Yeah. And that's exactly what you would want from a sci-fi game. I mean, this game is the epitome of a perfect thing that I would want from sci-fi from the a thousand procedurally generated worlds um like the the like the crafting system the gameplay looks so good um the narrative already looks to be shaping up to be incredible um and yeah what did you think about the starfield direct yeah no the this honestly this direct was more than i was expecting um agreed the way it was structured, how much content was there, uh, everything, every moment of it was engaging. There was not a single moment where I was not glued to the screen, listening to everything they were saying, which I feel like happens a, lo a lot with like other games when they have like these kind of directs like this where the devs are talking a lot. But I mean, I think it helps for one that Todd Howard is just like a really great public speaker. Like we've yeah, seen it in the past, he's really great at pitching his ideas, uh, explaining their games and everything. So that definitely does help. But like even the other devs who maybe haven't even like really been on the camera before, like just everything that they were talking about, I was just like so captivated by this entire showcase. Um, that like I'm not even gonna call it a direct. It was a showcase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really like it. It was just it was awesome. Um, and so. Like I will say, before this the the Starfield Direct, I I was cautiously optim optimistic. I was like really excited by the idea of this game, but I was like, man, like is Bethesda actually gonna like knock this out of the park? Like are are they gonna like meet our expectations? Um, and I think that this showcase like really laid my worries to rest uh they improved like from the last time we saw gameplay they improved the gameplay massively especially the combat the graphics are better um so like all of that polish that you were hoping for it's there it looks like it's a fun game to play um there's so much content to it and most importantly it is a bethesda studios game like, they showed some of the dialogue choices. You know, they showed how things will have, like, a branching narrative and, like, certain choices will change the outcome of things. And you can be exactly who you want to be. Um, there was a really interesting thing that they're introducing with, with your uh, created character uh, to where you can choose your background, uh, which will come with, like, certain skills. So... Uh, for your background, let's say like you wanted your character to be a chef. Well, um, there are characters that you can speak to where you'll have specific dialogue choices because of your background. So that's like a really cool RPG element. And then they're also introducing traits, um, which is a new thing um, that Bethesda is doing. So you can choose three traits. Um, and one of the ones they showed was that uh, you have a damage buff. Um, but, uh, enemy mercenaries will come and attack you randomly. Um, so that 
will just like add a ton of replayability and like interesting like gameplay elements um another one they showed another trait they showed was i can't remember the the name of it um but you can have your character uh have to pay mortgage uh for your parents <laughs> and like like uh like you'll, you'll have to like pay for their cost of living and like keep in touch with them and everything and you can uh like go and like visit them and stuff like that is just like it's so like wild but it's gonna add so much to the gameplay um and so like hearing things like that is just super awesome and there, there's like a million other things that they talked about that's just it, it really looks fantastic um but i think the the greatest thing about it is they set the expectations right uh in contrast to like other big games that we've seen like this like cyberpunk 2077 for example um i feel like cd project red didn't do good enough to set expectations but bethesda they set the expectations here like they showed realistic gameplay like you know some of this gameplay was like running in 30 frames per second and they said like you know it it is going to run on 30 frames on console locked locked at 4k 30 fps for the series x and then 2k 30 fps for series s um so they like set all these like expectations so i i really feel like they're they're gonna they're gonna knock it out of the park with this one yeah um like i said earlier like we can't do this game justice by talking about it we can only like continue to hype it and i think that's because this is a 45 minute in-depth thing that goes Mm -hmm. over almost everything that you would want to know about this game And I'm going to break down the video in terms of like how long each segment is just to let you know how in-depth this thing goes. This is the most in-depth video thing I think there has ever been for a video game. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the the world and the detail and the presentation is just impeccable. It's uh, I'm running out of things to say about it. Uh, (laughs) One thing quick to note is that it was it was the IGN article after that that revealed the 30 FPS thing. So if you watch the thing and you're like, why is that not in there? It's because it was a it was it was talked about afterwards. But yeah. it is confirmed that for Series X it's 4K 30, Series S it is 1440p 30, um, and that is a creative decision. They they can't reach a like a stable 60, which is totally um, justifiable for a game like this. Um, and they were catching some heat at first after after they announced that and that interview dropped, uh, which it dropped the same day. Um, but a bunch of developers, even from the Sony side, came out and you know defended it and was like, "Hey, like a game this big, you're it's a creative decision to do what they're doing, yeah, and just to trust them. Like this is you're going to get the best product because they know their game better than anyone, including us. So for sure." To just just trust them and even even the like just the gameplay that you see in this 45 minute direct is enough to just trust bethesda like i'm sure there's going to be bethesda bugs but even then um there was there was was it was it phil himself that said that this was the no least it was uh is matt booty <laughs> which yeah, is, that's it. which that's is it. the greatest name i think i've ever heard ever 100 <laughs> percent. yeah he came out and said this is the least buggy um bethesda game and yeah. that remains to be seen, but um, I mean, this game has been it got delayed an entire year 
Yeah. So they're doing QA and making sure that this game is coming out as near as perfect as they possibly can. Yeah, it seems like um, this past year they've really focused on, at least from what they've said about the game, it seems like they're focusing on polishing the game. Because uh, yeah, Phil really did tells. say he's been playing the game since December. So to me, that tells me the game's been kind of, quote-unquote, done for a while now, but they're like really like ironing out as many bugs as they can, uh, which is fantastic. Because if you know they can minimize the Bethesda bugs that we have come to know, I mean, like, I still want them to be there. That's Bethesda's thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... but uh, but if they can make this as polished as possible, like man, it's it's gonna be truly special. Agreed. Um, I would highly recommend everyone go watch this. Uh, but before we move on, I'll just break down how long each segment of this forty-five minutes is, just so you have like a, a quick idea about what it is. So there's about um twelve to thirteen minutes just talking about your quest, about the character constellation um you you know the the idea of your character going on this journey the story aspects of it um and everything you need to know about that and then they go into about a four minute digestion of character creation itself and just showing you the options of which you can, like the stuff that you can actually do with like your physical appearance yeah um they spend the next four minutes talking about skills only like the skill trees what that looks like you know the, the if you've played a Bethesda game at all, you know like dialogue options and like the the stealth and all the branching skills that you can take. Um, they spend four to five minutes just going over that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the next three minute is on your ship and how customizable and how silly that you can get with this thing. I mean, there was one that looked like a transformer. Yeah. Um, so like you can take parts and you can do whatever you feel like you want to do with your ship you can create it in your image and that's how cool this game is for sure um they spend the next couple of minutes talking about your companions and then they get into um space flights and they go into that for about uh about five to six minutes they just talk about flying in space um then they go over the watch aspect and the collector's edition um so if you played fallout you know about the the vault boy the vault tech thing that you uh what is that thing called Pit-Boy. uh pit boy yeah, yeah yeah so the pit boy that there's a version of that in this game it's a watch it's a smart watch if you buy the collector's edition you get the physical thing you can sync it up to your phone and your game and you can do cool little things with that um if you're interested in that that's in the video um they officially unveiled the xbox headset and controller for starfield which both look absolutely incredible mm-hmm. um and then the next couple minutes, probably about the next six to seven, are on um, exploration and outposts. So what it looks like when you're flying in space and you and you encounter a um, a planet, and you can scan that planet and see the resources, and see if you if you even need to go to that planet because it's completely optional and there's thousands of planets, right? So, I mean, you can if you don't need the resource on that planet once you scan it, you don't have to go there unless you have to go there for a quest. Yeah. So um it's it's super incredible stuff what they're doing here um for sure and that's that's kind of what lends like the no man's sky stuff like the resources and going to the planets and whatnot um you can scan for like the gravity and each gravity is going to determine how like landing feels and flying and 
the you know the way you shoot your guns even it's it's incredible what they've done with this game like there's so much attention to detail and care that it's it's just fantastic um yeah and then the last little portion is they go over for about four minutes of combat and just just about combat and it's it's super good uh and then of course todd thanks everyone and yeah welcomes the starfield in just three months we're only th- less than three months away from starfield crazy right um yeah so that wraps up the xbox and the starfield direct um i believe we have a comment about starfield correct yeah so we got a comment um on episode four on youtube uh i'm gonna probably butcher this last name but uh brandon mcalpine uh commented that he already has starfield pre-downloaded and he's super stoked to play it um he also said that he can't wait to do just every possible side mission before progressing the main story like after the tutorial um which i'm i'm right there with you dude um i think this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be really hard to progress through the story because there's going to be so much awesome content to do um, yeah exactly it's gonna feel like tears of the kingdom mask where like you see the thing and you're like "Ooh, i want to go here and do that exactly you see that planet over there yeah you, you can, can fly to it <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right, so, so so thank you for writing in. And of course, if you want to write into the show, you can always comment on our, our YouTube or you can find us on Twitter at Casket Minds. We have a Facebook page. Um, or if you don't want to do that, you can always just message Drew and I and we'll we'll read on the show if you have a question or a comment or a concern if that's if that's what you want to do. Um you can pl- you can complain to us and we'll read it on the air. How about that? That sounds funny. Um but yeah. So we're going to quickly talk about some things that Ubisoft forward real quick. Um, I think there's three big things that I think that we should talk about, and we don't have to talk about them at length, but we yeah. can talk about them in general. Um, so it opened the show with Avatar, well, kind of, after the just, the just Dance dancing. Um, Avatar was the first real game, come at me, uh, <laughs> that was shown at the Ubisoft forward. Um, Avatar... Frontiers of Pandora, that's the name of it, right? Yeah. All right. So this game is like a first person. You're you're playing as a Navi. Um it's massive. I I believe they confirmed it was open world, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's open world. Yeah, so it's open world and you get I forget what the creature the flying creatures are called, but I mean they showed gameplay of it and it just looks absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um two player co op as well, which we had no clue about before. And Agreed. I, I honestly co-op. wasn't expecting that. Like, it looked like it was a single-player game, and they were like, um, it's actually two-player co-op. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, which is very, in- like, interesting, because this game is developed by Massive as well, the same people that are doing Star Wars Outlaws. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they made both of these games at the same time. I know there's probably two different teams, but even then, yeah. like, these are two incredibly ambitious titles coming from Ubisoft, and, um... Yeah, I guess they have that... two massive teams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so you, you get the puns here at Casket Minds, all right? Um, yeah, this game looks impeccable. I would highly suggest going to see the trailer for that because there's a they break down a little bit. Not, of course, not the Starfield level, but they, they tell you what the game is, what it's about. They show you some gameplay. 
Um, it's about what you would expect if you would be like, I want an Avatar game that's open world and massive and looks good and plays good. It's about what you would expect, but that's a good thing. This is exactly what I want from Avatar. Um, expanding the world and the lore and the characters and characters that we don't know about and seeing Pandora. Um, incredible stuff. For sure. I'm I'm really excited to get my hands on it. Comes out in December too, which is really awesome. Yes, that was the big surprise. December seventh of this year, it's out. There is a collector's edition. I believe it's three hundred bucks. Um, cool statue. Very so if cool. you're really into yeah. the Avatar world or Jim Cameron, who introduced this game, by the way, um, yeah, yeah, go and watch that trailer because if you're into Avatar, this game is for you. Um, it looks like Far Cry and Pandora. It's awesome. Um. Yeah, but the second game I think that we should talk about is Mirage, Assassin's Creed. So, this game is in Baghdad. I think it's 9th century Baghdad, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, that sounds right. And it, it goes back to the roots of Assassin's Creed. The, it looks like Assassin's Creed 1. It, it, if, if you love Assassin's Creed 1, you're going to love this game. Yeah. Um, the swords feel like they actually hit instead of clipping through the characters. You know, the dodging, the blocking, the, the, the stealth aspect is back. There's new mechanics on top of that. Of You can, like, kind of, like, plan your next attack in terms of, like, there's this cool little thing they show in the video, which I would highly suggest going to watch, is that, like, he kills three people in quick succession, and he does it by an in-game mechanic, and it's really, really cool, and I'm super excited to get back to the original Assassin's Creed feel again. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, I do... I did love uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I liked uh, Valhalla a lot, um, but it's really nice to switch things up and go back to the classic-style Assassin's Creed. Um, I think where Odyssey, and especially Valhalla... Um, fail a bit for me is like they don't have as much stealth um they're the parkour is not as great it's a lot better in odyssey than it is in valhalla but valhalla's mm -hmm. parkour was a massive downgrade um what i really like from this gameplay is it's combining all of the best elements of assassin's creed um and they're bringing back the parkour from uh oh gosh which one is it uh unity like Unity absolutely has the best parkour in, in in the entire franchise. It's just super fast and fluid. Um, the game was like a buggy mess, and it still is, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but uh, that game had awesome parkour, and so it looks like they're kind of doing that fast, fluid movement that they had in that for this game. So like, it's got me like super excited too. Um, I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, so definitely yes. gonna be playing this. Yeah, cannot wait. That comes out October the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, looking forward to that one. And the last thing, uh, we talked about it in the Xbox Showcase, but we got the 10-minute gameplay trailer here. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws, which looks like the game of our dreams. Uh, you yes. play as a female protagonist. You have... I don't even know what... Do you know what the kind of creature that is? Uh, I cannot remember off the top of my head. Uh, his name is Nyx, and it's very cool what they can do with that character. You can have it, like, go attack something or distract someone. Very cool stuff that you can do in mechanically within the world. Um, and they showcase that. That's one that I would highly suggest going to watch as well, especially if you know Star Wars. Um, 
yeah, it's the open world game that a lot of people want. And if 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 the lightsabers aren't your thing, which sounds silly, I know, um, you're you're basically like the rebel scoundrel in this game. Um, it's it looks incredible. It's set between Empire and Return of the Jedi, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because of the yes, slab. That's on. correct. Yeah. So that to set up the the piece there. Um, that's the timeline. Of course, the Empire is there. So. I'm very I cannot wait to get my hands on this game, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for it. I mean, like I'm a massive Star Wars fan, so obviously I'm going to be super hyped for it. But um I I think this just goes to show that Massive uh might be one of the best developers, if not the best developer uh that they have at Ubisoft right now. Uh they have so much um like variety in the type of games that they're making you know we had the division games we have division heartlands which are like their multiplayer co-op pv pvp kind of games um that are like more live service type of games then they've got star wars outlaws which is full-on open world different planets um single player only and then we've got the avatar game which like both division and outlaws are third person avatars first person which that's the first time they've done that um Mm -hmm. and it's also got two-player co-op open world story driven so i really like the the amount of variety that they have going on here at at massive it's it's really exciting to see that um because i feel like a lot of ubisoft games you know they some of their developers kind of feel samey um and so to yeah. see one of their studios have just a huge variety of, of different style of games is really cool. Yeah, and if I mean if if they if Avatar and Star Wars both land, um those are two massive IPs on top of the original IP being uh the division. I mean if those two land it's definitely time to have that conversation of them being great and i mean yeah. both they showed gameplay of both of these and they both do look great um and again it's under the massive entertainment umbrella so if that lands i think it's time to have that conversation about ubisoft's best um best developer for sure but that's gonna wrap up our ubisoft thoughts um and so we're gonna go quickly into the news here there's not much here this week mainly because you know we're getting coverage of the Xbox and Ubisoft and Capcom showcases. Um, we're gearing up for Final Fantasy 16 next week. Um, so there's not a ton of news, but we're going to quickly hit on the things that I think are worth noting for you guys. So um, I believe that we mentioned on the previous podcast about this one, but story number one is that Embracer Group are, are letting go um, of a lot of talent uh, so it says Embracer Group announces restructuring program that will result in layoffs, studio closures, uh, divestments, and game project cancellations and suspensions. Now, if you don't know what the Embracer Group is, um, they basically went up and bought a ton of struggling studios a couple years ago. Yeah, um, THQ all, Nordic. THQ Nordic, Gearbox, who makes uh, the Gears games. Saber Group, which includes Saber Interactive, who are doing a bunch of cool games. Um, and I mean, they own too many things. Uh, Deep Silver being another one, uh, who makes the um, 
uh, Saints Row games. Yeah. I mean, look, when you buy that many studios, it's bound to fail because you don't have adequate people um, managing them. You're you're trying to get a ton of investment back on your initial investment, and it's just yeah. not going to work. Um, and yeah, that's that's essentially what happened. They had a deal. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember the the lump sum that the deal was, but the the deal got canceled like the night before the presentation of like them collabing or whatever. Uh huh. Um, and that resulted in a very very awkward and bad. Um, I guess press conference slash release of like, hey, we were expecting this huge amount of money. They bailed on us, and now we don't know what we're going to do, essentially. Um, And so, yeah, now we're seeing the repercussions of that. They can't afford to keep everyone, and so they're laying people off. Um, And this comes from Crystal Dynamics, who would normally be impacted, but this is what they wrote. This is from Crystal Dynamics. It says, we want to reassure fans that there will be no impact in continuing our efforts to with our partners at the initiative on Perfect Dark or our next Tomb Raider title being developed in collaboration with Amazon Games. So it seems like a lot of the smaller guys, a lot of the smaller development teams are being laid off and, you know, not a part of Embracer Group's um, plans going forward, obviously, um, which is heartbreaking because they don't deserve this and it's an oversight on a large corporation doing this. Um, but yeah, it's 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 bad for the industry when stuff like this happens. And you know, when Xbox started buying all these companies, they were like, "Hey, um, that's a problem." And they were using Embracer as an example. Uh, I don't think Xbox is going to have nearly the amount of studios that Embracer does, which is saying something, yeah. because Xbox are buying a lot. But um, yeah, it's I don't think it's going to be an Embracer scenario, but. Again, we can't be closed-minded and say that it can't happen. Um, I think this is just a huge lesson in the industry at large that I know this isn't a monopoly, but just that monopolies are bad, that like you can't just buy everything and expect the best. Um, and yeah, you got any thoughts about this? Um, I guess like the only other thought I have about it is that... Um right after all of this stuff came out uh embracer said yeah so we want to take the lord of the rings franchise and we want to make it a huge huge gaming franchise oh right after all these layoffs happened and right after the Gollum game was absolute trash from what we've heard so it just seems like they're very out of touch um which is a little worrisome uh because uh some other studios that they picked up were um Eidos Montreal, which is just now Eidos, and then uh, yeah. also um, Crystal Dynamics, uh, yep. which thankfully their games aren't going to be affected by these layoffs. They've already said that, but it's just a little worrisome that Embracer seems very out of touch, and like they they seem to be like talking up a lot of things, and they're not really like pulling through with that. Um, you know, if if they come back around and they start dropping some really solid games and um, putting resources into quality um, over quantity, that would be awesome. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens next. 
Agreed. Um, so moving on to story number two, these are just two little rapid fire ones we got here. Um, Armored Core 6 gameplay and impressions are out now. Um, most of your big gaming outlets have coverage of it. So if, you, if you're curious about what Armored Core is and what 6 is going to look and play like, there are tons of new gameplay out. Um, I would highly suggest going to, to watch it if you're a From Software fan or if you're a Dark Souls fan, in, something in that Soulsborne realm, or if you just like mechs. Um, yeah, there's a lot of gameplay out. I watched a couple videos myself. It looks incredible. Um, the things that you can do looks great. It looks like they've implemented some um, Souls-like features, and it looks really good, and I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Uh, it comes sure. out my birthday, which is August 25th, which I'm very excited about. Um, so I'm hopefully going to take that day off and just play some Armored Core, because that sounds like a good birthday to me. Hey, yo, from Soft, hit my boy up with, a, uh, with an early copy for his birthday, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I would love that. <laughs> I'll let you boy. We can make some content on it, you know? You know what I'm saying? I'll stream that thing early. I don't care. I don't care about nothing. Exactly. Uh, and the last piece of news that I want to share is that we've been talking about this, it feels like, endlessly on the podcast. Um, Final Fantasy 16 demo is out now. It has been confirmed that it carries progress over to the full release. Um, I know the early hours are cutscene heavy. They have confirmed that. So if you want to go ahead and get out in front of that and get some of the combat, get your feet wet, I know that um, Druby has played this demo. I have not gotten a chance to sit down and play it yet, but I'm looking forward to before the full release. Um, so yeah, you got any thoughts on the Final Fantasy 16 demo? Uh, it's fantastic, um, which I'm sure you've heard from a lot of people. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm really liking it so far. Um, I think the thing that I love the most so far, uh, the combat is incredible. Um, and... I'm like you're just scratching the surface with it because the demo takes place at the beginning of the game, um, so I can't wait to see the combat like fully realized. And I've seen some clips of like higher level stuff, and it looks awesome. Um, but then also just the world and the characters, I'm really loving so far. I think that's the thing that's got me the most excited about it um, because it looks like they're shaping up to have a really cool story, um, and. Uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Even though I honestly kind of loved that game, uh, the story was a huge letdown, um, and it seems like they're kind of like writing those wrongs with this game. So I'm really hyped for it. So I'm interested to hear about those uh, because I absolutely adore Fifteen, even from a story, or yeah, even from like a story perspective. So I'm so we're gonna get into that on another episode of the podcast because this sure. is the Cosket. Casket. <laughs> the casket. Louise. <laughs> this is the Casket Minds podcast where we come to you every week, usually Fridays, um, with the biggest gaming news in the industry, in-depth reviews, impressions, and much more. Uh, we want to give you guys a little heads up. Next week's episode, since you know we're getting out of E3 season, the showcases aren't happening. You know, we won't be doing reactions, we won't be doing like the predictions episodes anymore until next year. Um so look forward to those next year. But in the meantime, we're going to be doing, uh, we're still going to be doing a weekly episode. Uh, it'll vary from week to week. Some of them will be just reviews. Some of them will be just uh, news. Uh, and some will just be topics. Some We might just do like a podcast where we just list our favorite games and then we rank them in depth and we, we can figure out a list of like Casket Mind's number one top game of all time. You know, whatever that may be. Uh, 
but we're, we figured we give you a little heads up on what the next couple episodes will be so next week is going to be our diablo 4 review uh drew and i should have beaten the campaign by then and be into the end game section of the game where the game really starts to branch out and become great um well it is great but you know what i mean diablo is all about the end game content for sure uh so we'll, we'll, we'll be doing our diablo 4 review next week and the week after that we'll either be doing a full review of final fantasy 16 if we've gotten to a place where we can comfortably beat it or if not we'll be doing a review in progress and let you know our thoughts on the game uh i can't speak for drewby but as soon as that game drops i feel like i'm gonna do nothing but play final fantasy 16 same, same. um so look forward to those in the next two weeks and once again thank you guys for listening so much uh don't forget to like and subscribe to the cascade minds podcast stay up to date on the latest gaming news and more uh and we'll see you guys next week for episode six thanks for listening guys